So here's 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 the estimate of this situation. So I'm kind of walking around Portland. I'm checked out of the hotel. This is all going to be just dipping it. So I need your help here. Keep it going until I got to leave. It's not till 4.45 p.m. PST. So I'm going to wait on the train. You know how that shit goes. So welcome, everybody. Retweet the space. I guess get some people in here. We can talk about whatever UAP-related liminal spaces. Talk about uh, what's going on in the news right lately and the UAP topic. And I really want to talk about Julia. Have you heard about Julia, Astral? No. What's that? Holy shit, dude. What's up, Carl? So, Julia. What's up, Michael? So, Julia is that supposed island, like AI-driven island that creates... There's this whole 4chan leak, right? Doesn't mean it's real, but I really want to talk about that shit because it kind of ties in with the whole bloop that was in the ocean that was supposedly uh, icebergs, crash, and settling, whatever the fuck you want to do, right? Michael, if you want to come up here and yap, come on up, man. Skeptics are allowed. We ain't hating. You're not necessarily a skeptic. I guess we're just on different sides of the spectrum on what's here, right? Dude, you scared him away already, bro. Hey, Nora, if you want to come up and talk, you can't. We don't want you up here. I'm playing. You're always welcome, Nora. Where's this island at, though? That's the thing. So, look, David Gress talks about the NRO having satellite images. Or kind of something, right? Or something along those lines. And I was kind of reading that leak... And the thing travels, man. So here's the deal. So supposedly this thing just roams the ocean creating at will. Now, what Commander Fravor saw, this is, please, this is just piecing stuff together. This is not the legit, I don't know for a fact. I'm just giving you guys what I'm talking about here. So this uh, remote-controlled AI island, it's monstrous, which also, to me, ties into, I think, Lou Elizondo talks about a special ops team going to retrieve a missile. Something comes out of the water and grabs that shit. I think that's the same thing. Well, this thing supposedly has been here for a minute. And what it does is it creates at will what it needs. It needs to tic-tac the science driven. Bam. It needs to tic-tac that's going to probe us. Bam. And so what had happened is this. It doesn't necessarily, it's not an aggressive thing. But it will destroy us. And, and I guess there's been instances of that. Like it, it will defend itself and all these other things. So it's a whole thing. I need to post that leak. I actually found it. Somebody posted it from 4chan. It's fucking crazy, dude. It's seriously crazy as hell. But it kind of ties in what he was talking about. And I think for me, it would explain a lot. So it's under the ocean. Just ro- it roams around. Not necessarily anything in it. And it's just putting out what it needs. To continuously monitor us and things like this. And there's a, it talks about what happened with the crash retrievals, why there used to be crash retrievals of bodies. And then it realized that, you know, so it's a deep rabbit hole. I can't believe you haven't heard about Julia. But take over. Why is it called Julia? I don't know. I hadn't, look, I was actually behind the times on this shit. I jumped into a thread. And they were talking about what uh, the satellite images David was talking about. And they, somebody was postulating. They wondered if it was Julia. I was like, what the hell is a Julia? And then they posted that link, which it kind of connects with the, the bloop in the ocean. It also connects with something that Elizondo talks about with uh, when they were retrieving that special ops team was retrieving a missile. And something just pops out of the ocean and just grabs that shit, right? So give me two minutes and I'll, I'll find it and post it in the thread. Actually, in the, was it Jumbotron? 
Hey, and I by think the way, Chris Sharp talked about a t- the the Tic Tac, and then yep. something was like underneath the ocean that's and it. stuff. That was that's a crazy Julia. article. Oh, that's Julia. Shit, for real? Oh, that's, okay. That ties in with this leak is what I'm trying to tell you, in my opinion. Now, here's the other thing. I'm also walking around in Portland, so if you stop hearing from me for a few minutes, I probably got fucking mugged by somebody. Just you guys hanged? <laughs> yeah, this is Portland, man. I'll put it in the jump. Oh, the I just... All right. All right. Hi, Shay. Yeah, man. Hi, Shay. Nice to hear from you, man. Oh, man. I've just spent like three hours listening to Red Panda Koala's playback thing, and my fucking brain is pickled. And, and Shane just drops Julia. Oh, <laughs> oh man. I don't think I can fucking do this. <laughs> crazy dude i'm trying to find it too because i actually didn't know anything about it and someone posted the anon link and i'm like holy shit this this would actually if it was legit julia's just a name given to it if the government nro has known something's been here we know there's uh usos right this shit under the ocean ai driven it's literally creating to study us or do whatever it is and it doesn't necessarily it's not hostile unless we and it has apparently taken people out but only if we are hostile but it explains so much, right? And But it's so wild. But then again, I didn't think we'd be here right now. I didn't think David would have talked about the shit that he's already talked about. Anybody else kind of blowing the fuck away that some of the stuff is out now in the congressional record? Yeah. And you know what is fuck? I tell you, Shane, you, oh, this is so fucking this is so fucking crazy for Julia. The synchro dude, the synchronicity. <laughs> I've been asking like the NHI, the phenomenon are like a quest questions about like, what side are you? Like, who are you? And like, where are you from? And can I trust you? And these sort of, cause I need to know. And I, God damn. And then I fucking, I, I like it was been like 48 hours of nothing from the phenomenon, like nothing like, well, apart from like last night, there was like a little, like something right above my head, like uh, sort of checking me out and, and that went off. And, and then there was another thing. I think the phenomenon, there's another dot and, and, and it made like, um like um the golden ratio on the triangle of two stars. And, and then I kind of like went indoors and, and I kind of shut off from it, but then, then I find the red panda koala fucking uh, the the whole thing about Lou Elizondo, and now I come in here and you have got the Julia thing, and I'm telling you, I I kind know that because here's the other thing, like um I was worried about Pentarch and um fucking um like uh. Like I was asking outdoors about Pentarch, like you know, because I was really pissed off that it was a trap for for like um for some beings that they got trapped and something got hit and exploded. Yeah, but um, I came indoors after seeing two orbs outdoors. I saw two kind of orbs that looked like kind of dandelions, but they weren't. And I came indoors and I sat. I was stood in in a in the front room here and I was looking out the window and this fucking black like 
it wasn't a balloon, but it was like a black kind of like morphing orb into like a like a cube kind of into like the flight of the navigator kind of craft, and it kind of arced round and over the treetops, kind of. And it, the message I got was like, you know, I can take care of business, and it's like what you're saying. Whenever you put out something like to the phenomenon, it like comes back at you, and what you're saying about this, Julia, is. I think you're right, you know. You think it's retro yeah. cause caused retro or causal? do you think like yeah, like do you think it was caused from what you're recognizing as the synchronicities, like precognition sort of way, or do you think it's like at the time of what you were like why do you think it hit you at that time and was there and made itself known? I, I don't know. I I'm trying to figure it out astral because like I kind of, I, you know how these synchronicities go. Like it's kind of like there's so many, there's so many like data points, and then this thing happens and it kind of ties it all together. And but it's like what I was what like um. But let me let me just let's just stick with what Shane knows about Julia because what's interesting there is that when. I've asked it a question. It's like come back with an answer, either in in physical or like like multimedia through through all like any channel. It's like an, a, a chain of events that happen. So I, I I can't answer the question that you're asking, and and I've got to work this through. So real quick, I'll read this off because I I, some, I forget that my team puts this on my YouTube and then they uploads it to podcast stations. So let me read this off about Julia. So Julie is a sound recorded on March 1st, 1999 by the U.S. National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, NOAA. NOAA said the source of the sound was most likely a large iceberg that had run aground off Antarctica. However, pictures from NASA's Apollo 33A5 show the large shadow swaying through the southwest section of Cape Codre at the same time of the recorded sound. Although still classified, the pictures apparently provide information that this unknown shadow is two times larger than the Empire State Building. Julia. That's insane. And so that is supposedly, now picture that, what I just described as being what's, what the Tic Tac was trying to dock with or was being created at that moment or whatever's being done there, right? And also picture that same thing with another story that Lou Elizondo discusses. I think it was Lou. And he talks about the special ops team that goes to retrieve, I don't know if it's a nuclear warhead or something that happened with a, a weapon and they went to retrieve it as they were retrieving it. Now picture whatever Chinook, whatever they're using to pull it out of the ocean and they're looking down. I mean, it's like from a horror movie, something pulls up from and just snatches it. I'd shit my damn pants. I hope I have my brown pants on that day. Well, I guess I would if they were fatigues, huh? Well, it depends on which. Fatigue. There was something, there was a conversation that we had. It was in one of the groups um, where there's a couple uh, like Joe and John were in there and we were talking about who's the there's like a little bit of press on the next guy who might be coming out as a whistleblower. He looks a little bit younger, but he's had direct experience and was like on the crash retrieval teams. But they were making a point as like he failed his initial like test, um, like field, you know, to like get uh, into one of the programs or something. So he it wouldn't be likely that he would be one that would be on the top secret. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, do you do you think there's like. Um, things that are able to um, 
show that people were actually a part of these crashers. I can't believe you said that, bro. Actually, I don't know how to say this without giving because they don't want this a lot of this information out there because it's easily traced back to them. So let me think about this. Hanford has a team, uh, a snatch and grab team. They have a recovery team. I'll tell you that yes, there are ways to see. How do I say this? Um, if you've got installations that aren't necessarily uh, shit. See, a lot of this is so hard to say. Let's just say that it was a veteran who had dealt with program. So people hiring for these programs, that wouldn't necessarily they're hiring, know they're hiring for them, right? If you're in the real world, you would just be given this. You're supposed to ask for this, 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 and this. And let's just say that it's such a tip of the sphere thing that I don't even know if tip of the sphere would make it. So it'd be a, it'd be one of those things. If they hired someone, they'd want to know who he knew and his friends to see if they could come because those individuals that were hired. So tip of the sphere, they would only know that tip of the sphere. Does that make sense? Like uh, mentalized. And so they wouldn't know exactly what they were getting into, but just doing the job. Yep, and the, even the got. people, even the people hiring them, wouldn't know what they're getting into. The only given would be necessarily like, and this is just a me spitballing bullshit in here. Let's say you're at um, you're in the middle of America, right? You're at let's say Scott Air Force Base in Illinois, really, and it's just a cargo base, not necessarily no nukes, nothing like that. But here's what you do: all of a sudden, you you start hiring a shitload of special ops, offensive forces. Does that make sense? Not, not people who can defend, people who are going to be given a task offensively, and they're at that location. And this is kind of, I know it doesn't make a whole lot. It, what I'm trying to say is, if stuff stands out like that, that's one of the ways you can know. Because, and that doesn't mean necessarily military installation, guys. What I'm trying to say is, we need to look at DOE installations. Because I'm sure there were hiring positions for kind of offensive forces, things like that, right? But if you look at something like remote viewing and their the program, like there's documents that you could look at for who is involved in grill flame and people are openly talking about this. There's no real debate there for the people that were involved in the programs for remote viewing because it's all been like un. Uh, you know, unclassified and brought into the public. So the the people who were involved started the program, the remote viewers to the, you know, the the other organizations that were involved. I think that's a frustration, you know, is is in the UFO and UAP, like when you talk about OSAP and the UAP task force and all these things, like there's no documents that are being released that are saying like who's really being a, a part of these programs. It's just a lot of people saying they were. You know what eats at me, man? Part of it is this, guys, no doubt. If you don't get, if you don't know, you should go check out Project Unity's channel. Bear with me, guys. He interviews, um, damn, what's his name? Uh, XCIA. I'm sorry. Uh, Astro, help me out here. Simi Van? Not Simi Van. Oh, man. I, I know it's like the name. I just had a brain fart. Anyway, he gives John a guy. Yes, thank you. And the reason I say this, it's important. It's literally a guide to how to ask questions. It's a guide how to navigate the government for this topic. No one even knows it, I don't think. Go watch it. Utilize it. Because 
I've also heard from my sources that it's very particular how you ask these questions. You're only going to get the answer you asked for. So you need to open your (laughs) design your questions that way. Right. Um, So we take these two facts and we take that. Oh, man. You know how you're okay. I should have known. From the simple fact that this is no shit. I feel like a buffoon. KOMO, shout out to him for his badass journalism and Klaus for originally posting it. But Hanford has a recovery team. Now, let me tell you something. You know how many times I've asked multiple sources that I trust and they've done nothing to make me think otherwise. And they gave me shit like, you're from where, Yakumi? Like, they, just from the shit they said, it's like, why are they? They know something about this place, but no one will tell me. No one. Now it makes sense why. Because, again, people who are in these aren't going to talk about these. This is some shit right here. You've got to either discover or ask the right questions. And it makes so much sense to me now why I've asked so many people. Hell, Astro, you know that legacy whistleblower we had? Did I not say this months ago? He talked about Hanford, but he didn't want to talk about Hanford. It made no sense to me. It fucking does now. Is that crazy? Like, I should have known because – Four sources, they were just like beating around the bush about Hanford, and I couldn't figure out. I thought it was an underground base. I thought there was an underground base or there's an unknown crash retrieval here. But there's there was a crash in 79 in Elk River here. But I also know this. So Hanford Nuclear Site actually has almost all of the United States waste in tunnels underneath it. No shit. So... I think, like dark, you know, bro. Dude, yeah. <laughs> it's like fucking a time portal down there and shit. <laughs> dude, it's I'm, and it's funny because I went on that um that uh, filming expedition, met Tom King, you know, some good people. And I kept saying, "Why has nobody come up to Yakima?" I mean, everything. I mean, every box is checked: nuclear, portals, Indian reservation. You know, because supposedly because of treaties, they were. Well, if you, if you believe the Dolce thing and all these other things, Lear, all this, they talk about one of the things within these treaties with Eisenhower and all this is we gave them land underneath reservations. And it's probably because it'd be undisturbed by us assholes, right? Doesn't mean it's true. Just giving you guys shit that's out there. So, I mean, what do you think about that, Astral? Say what again? But, so, supposedly with the Eisenhower Treaty and all these other treaties, well, what I'm saying is this. Yakima hasn't been investigated beside, well, I, I, I'm calling bullshit. Kufos and Heineck did a study here, but no one ever followed up. When they were here, their studies literally saying, some shit's here, we just don't know what it is. And I'm just curious as to why. And for the longest time, I thought it was an underground base because no one would, the people who shit, that I would ask about it, they, they backpedal, oh, I don't know shit about that. And I talk, it's because it's, one of the crash retrieval teams is at fucking Hanford. What do you think? About this, this is what I, I guess I beat around the bush about Indian reservations. So, according to treaties, if you go back and read so, some of the things that Lear talk about, and all the, they say, uh, not just Lear, you can also take William Cooper, which guys, yes, I know William Cooper, who he is, but we need to start revisiting things people say. And when the dude was killed in his house, I'm starting to wonder how much of what he was saying was true. Bear with me, guys. So, he talks about Dolce, they talk about in these treaties. For some reason, they were given um, land underneath Indian reservations, which to me, it makes sense because no hustle and bustle from us and all these other things. But you can also take NASA. You can take their study of what they call portals, X-tubes, boom tubes. It's energy 
fuck, ley lines, guys. This is ridiculous. This is, <laughs> ley lines are real. The energies coming from the sun in, in specific points and times create, uh, I guess you would say, portals. That's, that's all legit shit. And here's the kicker of all of this. You can go look up study after study that's done, none debunked, but our science said, whoa, that's astrology. We can't go with that shit, right? So that's definitely not real. And yet it's not debunked. How many times has that happened? Astral, tell me this. If you had the chance to read these treaties, what would you do with them? Would you tell the world to be like, this shit's crazy? Uh, well, I'll go back uh, to the what you were asking about studying a specific location because I think that is an issue and um, there's a lot missing there on how to quantify or measure anything that's going on. So, and, and I feel like that's a challenge when you were talking about those journal articles, like I, I don't know of any real journal articles that have been accepted in that are scientifically recognized that study a certain phenomenon uh, that would relate to UFOs or UAPs that's open for peer review. And I think that's the problem is that so there's nobody doing that research. If you would go to somewhere, it would be like Skinwalker Ranch in the Galileo project. Those are the two things that are trying to do it. The problem with each of those is that the Skinwalker Ranch is just trying to like stimulate the phenomenon and record it. They're not like establishing a repeatable method to study something, which would be helpful if they would help do that. And then with the Galileo project, it's uh, focused on getting like calibrated measurements in a specific area to be able to measure it. And so they they're probably what is going to be looking uh, the scientific academia community is going to be looking towards when studying these specific locations. But that's the that's the problem is there's nobody to these locations and has a method that other people can replicate. So the, if somebody were to come out and be like, OK, here's what you need in terms of, like you need a thousand dollars worth of equipment in a specific area. Here are the measurements you need to take and you need to be there for like three months. And then you can say this is a. UAP and it's anomalous. So like nobody's like co coordinating that type of network right now. And what re that's what really kind of needs to be done. Well, All right, hang on a minute. Can I just say ahead, one Carl. thing, Shane? Fucking hell, Shane. How long ago did I say that Yakima Valley, dude? How long ago? <laughs> that's what I'm trying to say. This is fucking fucking. Dude, I'm think about this, you, dude. Carl. I did. Yeah, go on. Think about this. What you just said, Yakima Valley. Now, no one would believe it, dude. If I wrote down 2020 when I left Wounded Warrior, my first experience, and what happened afterwards, all the way back to the point that the, it's almost like they were pointing. This sounds so stupid. It literally, I was dragged from podcast to podcast to Roswell Daily Record to finding a whistleblower. What are the odds? I'm a new reporter to in all tangled up in this shit, right? Because I know quite a bit about it, all these other things and no one would fucking believe a word I said. And here I am sitting. I don't even feel stupid. I'm glad Como came out with it. No one would believe this. KOMO reached out to me months ago when I was, yeah, who was the one guy on UFO Twitter? Not just the one, but was obsessed with crash retrievals. I was beyond. And so I would talk to him about things and he comes back and just blows my mind. It's so interconnected, bro. If I wrote this down, it'd either be 
a bestseller, people go, this is so fake, it's not real. But I, I can promise I don't understand any of it. It feels like I've been dragged, right? Blows my mind, dude. Hanford, literally the place that I became obsessed with crash retrievals has a team where I started experiencing the Yakima lights and discover all these things, man. It's the most insane thing. I just can't begin to express it. Dude, what's insane is me telling you Yakima Valley when I said, oh, that's where all the hops and the beer is, man. And that's where I've been sat drinking this beer going, oh, we got to go to Yakima Valley, man. We got to go there. Oh, man, that is so fucking... And tell me that fucking isn't the synchronicity. Oh, dude, it is. I, I literally feel like a puppet sometimes. And, that, and it, that's at the, sound, at the risk of sounding like a whack job, right? So I straddle a line. This is what's... I guess it's good and bad about me. I have to be real because my experience is still going on, so in-depth, shared all the... That I have to look at everything and try to talk about some of it. But I also know I want to be taken seriously as a reporter, pocket things like that so it's like what do i not say it's dude the synchronicities are such that i could paint there is no fucking way that is there is no way that is there's no way that is not a coincidence that is no fucking way i'm about to get my dna check to see if i'm a star seed and i ain't even playing don't do that you said it. Why? You don't want me to. Be, why? Are you jealous I'm going to be a star seed? Jessica. <laughs> Somebody just came up. What's wrong with being a star? I don't even know what's going on, man. I can't be a star seed, or is it hybrid? What do I need to be here? You guys got to introduce me to this stuff. I don't know much about it. Where's Fringe at up in here? She could tell me about some of this darker shit. I don't know what's going on. Listen, I'll be okay as long as I'm a quarter human. I mean, shit. It's better than I thought I was. So astral, another synchronicity, man, that I fact that my focus now is the metaphysical things like that. And literally, I started learning that shit. Remote viewing, consciousness, that's where it's at. And that's where you've been. The fact that I intertwine with this group of individuals that give me the support and the things that I need to be my creative outlet to find my way through these different things. Dude, UFO Twitter isn't all bad, just 98%. 2%'s in here, so we're good. This is the woo. Nah, the woo man, I think it's at least three or four percent. Come on, don't be harsh. Yeah, close, huh? Hey, do me a favor, guys. Retweet the space. And there's not a lot of people in here, but it's I guess it's midday on Sunday. I'm kind of walking around Portland, just uh, enjoying the liminal spaces, right? So we can talk about anything UFP related, UFO related experiences, our experiences, anything you think that's important to David. It's been talking about all the stuff in the news. This is shit I love discussing. And I just came back from filming. I don't know what the hell that film trip was. Let's not talk about that. But I'll say this, that I wanted to have real conversations about this. And I continuously go place to place. Every convention's about that. Sitting with you individuals, talking to other experiences. About, and I keep getting disappointed when I go places like film sets or no one really knows what they want to talk about or what they're talking about. And it's just about different things, right? So get up here, tell me your stories. Even you, Somber Shane, you can even talk today. Well, why do you think UFO Twitter is so ahead in terms of the knowledge and the researchers involved and just overall uh, awareness of the topic 
because I go on Facebook and they're still talking about like Greer's <laughs> hearing and uh, there doesn't seem to be as much uh, up to date um, emphasis on what's going on currently in other social media or even platforms. Because I think most of us use Twitter as an off the cuff, just this is what's happening. And then they use the other like YouTube and things like that for other things. But I also will tell you this. There's no other collection, I guess you would say, of creators, experiencers, researchers, things like that, right, that sit and talk about it. See, look, UFO Twitter kind of sucks, but the tweets are kind of back and forth. The information here is second to none. Matter of fact, I like I say all the time, and I was going to take my life until kind of I found Luke and figured out what UFO Twitter was, and I realized, oh, other people are having this shit. Then spaces came about. That's the most amazing shit, right? Shitty, but amazing in some way. I think that UFO Twitter is important just for the simple fact that you don't necessarily have to have like with Facebook. You got to have your face and everything out there. Seeing anonymity on some of these, and it's not necessarily a collection of photographs like on Instagram. It's thoughts. It's like Instagram for fucking thoughts. And that's important with this topic because most of our thoughts on this topic, we want to keep to ourselves. Most people don't put their faces to it. And when you do, you can expect some crazy shit from it. So Twitter's one of those places that you can do either or. Is that, does that make any sense? To me, it was. It was like, yeah, that's first, a good point. Dude. I was anonymous as hell. But then I, I realized there's others. And if I can put my face in front of it, you know, other people have done it. Why not? I think spaces helped a lot too. Uh, it just to be able to have a platform that people were already sort of on and then to jump in and have the conversation and relate to other people who are in the same level of research that they, that you are, you know? And that's a killer. I'm not going to lie here. The only reason I know what I know is because UFO Twitter actually works like my brain. So it's like so much shit and it's all over. So click, click. And it's just a constant feeding of it. And it's not necessarily a good thing because not all of it's good. But if you stick to where, like with me, I don't, I try not to do what I did today, which is while out and start having internet fights. I try to stick to the UFO shit, right? So for me, it's just a click away that I'm learning something or you mentioning something and then I, I, I learn it, right? So here's an example. If you're in this room, do me a favor, go in that thread, retweet, but post something about the topic because I can promise you somebody will eventually click on it. And be like, that could be their book moment that Pasolka talks about. That moment they realize, hey, someone else had this experience, saw this thing. You know, let me let me check this shit out. The other night, Astral, I'm still thinking about your space. An older woman had come in, spent an entire life knowing she had been abducted, but never even talked to her husband, who she knew was also. because. But she told us, and she felt what? You remember that? Oh, yeah, that was uh, that was a wild story, too. Yeah, and that's how I started and why I started doing these spaces because there was – and that was just like – that made me remember just like, damn. Yeah, I remember when you, you, you didn't even know that it was real, and then you finally start listening, and you get the first chance to talk, and then she even said, wow, this felt amazing. And that's the it, it was from us talking, I think, more about dreams because she was like, yeah, we woke up from a dream, and, like, my husband was sitting in a position. I was sitting in a position. It was strange, and – then she went through the sort of contact that she had. So, you know, I think, too, it's like relating to other experiences that people have had that not necessarily are UFO or abduction related. But, you know, these 
contact modalities that people have through, um, you know, paranormal type of experiences. What's up, Shane? What up, man? What's up, guys? I don't have very long. I'm at work. I got a little break. But um, I think that the reason why the quality of uh, just researchers or knowledge in, in Twitter, especially on space, is a desire to seek knowledge. So, and also, like Shane said, the anonymity that comes with it. You don't have to put yourself out there so raw. But I think that it goes to show you that, like, you'll get people in spaces, especially that they'll know about the Hopkinsville Goblins. They'll know about everything, right? They'll know about Aurora, Texas. They'll know about all these things because they've researched it and they've come here to seek like-minded individuals about that. And it just, it is really a, a more of a top tier thing. I see it a lot with a lot of guests where they're like laying down what they think is like this, like, you know, next level shit. It's like, we heard that shit like eight years ago because we all have researched it all so hard, um, which is still cool. I just think that, uh, you know, it's not to be underestimated at all how much the people in these spaces know about that stuff and know about the phenomenon and what's occurring. Thanks for that, Shane. I agree. Yeah. Whatever your flavor, doesn't matter where you stand, unless you're going to be disingenuous, kind of cheat, whatever you want to call it. And we don't need to say names in here, Mick. Green Street. Susan, go. But my point is, you're welcome to come and talk about the subject because one of the other things I benefited from, sometimes this shit is so crazy and wild. My experience is still that. Again, shared it with so many people. Bras all over the places, right? How do you pull yourself back from the edge when most doctors, again, that's one of the reasons uh, I started doing UAP med back in the minute, back a minute ago. I'm still struggling to have a mental health professional. I can be like, hey, you want to hear some shit without worry of, you know, medication, things like that, which is something we all deal with. What do you do there? That's kind of a, it's a very niche thing, but isn't UAP med? I, I don't even know. There's got to be more people out there just like, this is stupid. We're having to pretend our reality isn't real. Like for me, mine was what, segmented for how long? I was just, oh, this didn't happen. For a year, I'd just pretend shit wasn't happening and I wouldn't look up. That's stupid. Well, have your conversations changed in the last, like, I don't know, couple weeks? Have you noticed anything? I've noticed a couple people have hit me up and uh, had mentioned that it's, they've seen it more in the news <clears throat> or even the grush, like the News Nation thing or the hearing people that, you know, haven't even hit me up for a while were hitting me up because of the UFO stuff. It's been like an increase of other people that I think are gaining an awareness. Well, here's my problem. I have no real gauge on reality just from the simple fact the only people I know are from these rooms, and that's legit. So I could say, yeah, but it's just us, you know? So it's like a, a box that I'm in. I, it's not like I talk to a whole no, lot I, of I, Yeah, I, I think a lot of people can relate to when you talk, when other people talk about disclosure that aren't on UFO Twitter, or I don't even think the word is really used, <laughs> other than people in, that are really into it, like uh, the, the ones – that are on it every day and checking the and, and updates. And I think that's, there's a, an expectation of the information that we want. And then what re the reality of what the information that the public is going to get through mainstream media, which we think is going to be the most effective way. I think that what it, what is refreshing to see is that there's like other means, other content creators, people who have 
you know, done work in the field that are making their stuff and getting just as much exposure as they would if they were like try to go through and be on freaking News Nation for three seconds. And I'm going to segue into my podcast, Old Bet UAP Symposium on <laughs> YouTube. I've got like three subscribers. It's my grandma and my parents, so you can all subscribe to that shit. And I tell you, Brian's in here and Mariah, this is the cool thing. This is the community that I know, right? You were just talking about creators and things like that. I literally just talk like I am now. These guys go behind me, fix it, and throw it on my YouTube. Or if they see me on a podcast, they do the same shit, right? All because why? We all have different parts we're playing to get the message out. I just so happen to be really good at talking or bullshitting, whatever you want to call it. To have people that have that much faith in me, we keep each other in check at times. And I know after we've been talking about other things for that same reason. Why not, right? These people are the smartest people on the topic. Someone just posted, what hell is Ross Colhart? They need to be getting our opinions. I'm so tired of some of these questions, right? I keep thinking, okay, is our point to ask the same questions that have been asked and get the same answers? Or is it develop new questions to get new answers? Because here's one of the ways we do that. Yes, I get he's limited by what he says. But again, go watch that John Ramirez episode. It's a key to how to ask questions and navigate your government. I, I see guys, CI guys are only going to say what you ask them. Develop the question properly. You'll get more information without getting the information. Let's say you ask them a question. They can't answer it, and you can see it in their face. What's that do for you? A good journalist will say, well, that answers the fucking question. I'm going to dig there. That's what I like to do. I still remember, I'm not going to say the question, I was interviewing Colm Kelleher, and I asked one of those questions. He didn't have to say shit to me. The way he looked at me, I knew the answer. Does that make sense? Develop the question and knock their fucking socks off. You'll get an answer without having one. Yeah, definitely. Uh, people need to stop also throwing softballs at everybody, dude. It's just like, I know you're thankful that they're on your show and everything, but ask them, even if, you know, tell them, like, I love that what you do. I love I love what you say. I, I'm a big fan of yours, but I feel like we need to look at it from both sides. I don't mean call them like, you know, be be reasonable, be a good person. But, uh, you know, like I see a lot of shows where they get somebody on their show or like when James Fox was in here and everyone's like nervous to talk to him, like he's just a regular guy. Just ask him questions. You know, hell, ask him about his dad. Ask him about, you know, anything else. Just anything other than the same 15 questions. I, dude, Vet, you just said it, Vet, like really good, man. I really appreciate that. I got to get back to work. And Vet, if you can DM me your podcast, I'll pimp it. I'm still banned from posting for four days. Um, I'll pimp it. And I'd love to listen to it. I, I can't DM either. So just uh, if you can shoot me that, it'd be great. Damn, you, you hurting bad. Yeah, I will. I'll take care of you. Thanks, Shane, man. Appreciate it. You guys have a good day, man. Love y'all. Oh, Shane must have said something bad about Kim Kardashian. It was uh, actually Lizzo. I got banned for seven days for uh, saying something horrible about Lizzo, but she deserved Let's it. not repeat it in here. But I'm not. But let me tell you this, Shine. Shine. Just kill people Shine. with kindness. Yeah, kill people with kindness, man. Don't be like me. I'm losing my shit today over some internet beef. Come on. How? Yeah, that's so dumb, man. We're past yeah, that. Yeah, you're going at people, be... Shane. You were. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I don't want to rehash, but I've never. I mean, dude kind of threatened me about, and he's like, well, you do something in MMAG. Jim, and then so I just posted an MMA picture, and then he called me a bully. I'm like, wait, what the fuck just happened? I'm the bully for the okay. So and then I got I lost it. 
And then thank goodness there's some people in these rooms that are like, hey, this dude's not worth it. They're right. But what was the original argument on? Like, what was the basis of the argument? Oh, apparently I made, a de- I made a death threat. I, I, maybe I should word it better, but I literally said I buried like, Calabudo on the topic. I always say that. I said, if you want to talk aliens, I'll bury you. And he goes, oh, a death threat from an illiterate. Nice. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> okay, Snowflake, I, hold up. I wasn't threatening to kill nobody. And then, it, look at me. I'm talking about the. I'm going. Thanks, Astral. Right into the drama. I'm embarrassed for you, Astral. Agent Man's in here. Agent, not a number, and he's the one that helped me come out of this shit. He's probably embarrassed for you as well. Shane, that reminds me of the time I told Darcy to be careful, and he was like, "Why are you threatening me?" And I was like, "What are you talking about? Like, this is what we say in the south. Just be careful." I mean, <laughs> I, just like, I, I, oh, I, I should use different me. words. I should use because I say it a lot. Like when I see people uh, talk. In my opinion, here's what I say. If I'm wrong, I'll, I deserve to be proved wrong. But if you speak like an expert on the topic, I'm going to fucking challenge you. And here's the thing. Yeah, you may have a chance of embarrassing me, but from where I've been, the people I've talked to, 98% of the people talking about this subject do not belong talking about this subject. They, they may research for four hours and then spitball. I don't know. But all I know is this. When you're looking for the real questions and answers and you talk to people and you realize they don't have them because they have no idea what's going on, it's like, oh, Hey guys, we're your professionals in these rooms. What do you need? No shit. We talk about this subject so much in these rooms that it's just, it's the only people that I actually, I call it the big boys tape that I wish I could get up to. And Astro probably knows what I'm going to say. It'd be like uh, UFO Joe, uh, Stratton, Axel, all these individuals, Lou, the st- people that knew the behind the scenes, anybody in the CR programs, those are the ones I'm now I'm wanting, like, hey, they've got to know some shit. And there's others. But I just haven't met or talked to him yet besides in these rooms. You can doubt me on it, but I can promise you, I've been to so many UFO festivals and just wanting to have these conversations and realize how lost are these individuals? That should not make any sense. Well, what I think, too, is going to happen uh, more often is there's going to be people with bigger accounts, bigger followings, you know, uh, and more attention that might be paid to there. They're going to make like uneducated or blanket statements about the UAP and UFO stuff. And so it's going to get some people riled up that have been at this for a while, just trying to be on the grind of like growing their account to, you know, a, a, a level to where other people are paying attention to it. And I think that that's, it's just going to be a frustration that's going to be played out with some of these people who are going to be like jumping on the bandwagon for the topic and be like, Oh, like, you know, like, Little green men, here they come, you know, like, bro, you don't know what you're talking, you know, like, and so people, it, there's going to be that sort of dialogue that's going to be happening. Um, you know, I feel like a lot more often that that this is being taken serious now. What I tell you guys today, I said, I said, you know, I'm super good at taking information, piecing information together, but sucky at editing and all these other things, right? So just being able to talk about it is one of the things I'm good at. And I think it takes communities like these where you can meet other people who can help you into things. Because, again, I wouldn't be doing most of this stuff if it wasn't to, you know, having all these other individuals. There's so many creators that are in these rooms, and it may be art or things like that. But, hell, you can reach out to half of them to get your show off the ground or things like that. That's how I even started my stuff. I don't even know to this day. I still look at myself and I'm like, I can't believe I was a reporter. I guess I am a reporter. That's not what I had on my list when I left Wounded Warrior in 2020, right? Shit, I was 
just trying to survive, especially when the experience started happening. And I'm like, after the David interview, I got this rush of grief. I don't know how many people got that, but I got this huge rush of grief and I couldn't figure out what it was. Well, I wasn't aware at the time, but whatever the fuck I went through, it fixed me. I survived PTSD, all these other things. I was my better self and I had focus and I was, I was no longer anyone that's ever dealt with mental health and recovery or anything like that. One of the things you always hurt for and deal with is you don't want to just be that for the rest of your life. Oh, he's the recovered this or he's, you always strive to be something else. And then I had a moment to breathe. And I realized, holy shit, literally the experience gave me everything that I could want out of life without me ever even knowing it. Things that I even missed out as, as a kid, war, all these other things. How do you tell people stuff like that? And I'm not saying it's a good thing or a bad thing. It all could have been me reacting and maybe I reacted properly. The synchronicities, the people, the places. I sit here right now and I'm like, this is so absolutely unbelievable. Like I'm my best self, even though that's still a pretty shitty self. I'm my best self because of these people in this topic and i can also understand how people would see these as a low g god like a little g god like i can see how religions would be started about things like this because when you go outside and it's there or your friend says hey i want my first experience so you set your alarm at 3 30 in the morning and you walk outside and it's there and it's just a continuous thing and it's like okay who's in control here are we just reacting to something that's here and that's the whole point of it a control system i mean i lean that way quite a bit because i don't know at this point people get it think i'm crazy is it really the humans that are controlling disclosure because i don't think it's the humans controlling disclosure i can promise you humans may have helped me a little bit here and there but every bit of where i've went was because of my experience and it's not just one two three it's over a three-year period bouncing from here and i can see left to right and i'm like oh shit Regardless if that disclosure means the apocalypse or not, so it doesn't mean it's good or bad. Shit, I could be bringing disclosure and the apocalypse, but it's like I don't know what's going on, but it's so metaphysical. You start questioning who you are, your place in the universe, and exactly how this is happening, which is, I guess, what you should do if you're going to become religious and start start actually really living. So it's, it's funny that Literally, aliens gave me everything I needed out of life. Oh, Lord. Well, if no, non-human intelligence Lord. was driving disclosure, it I guess it wouldn't necessarily have to be happening for every single person, just the people that are actually influencing the what it is. So it and would be crazy if like after this, like there's like a little group of like, everybody involved in TTSA was like, we all had the same dream. I don't know if there's like a Midnight Shyamalan movie that's kind of messed up, but it's kind of like that of like synchronicities. And you know what? I read a book recently with Russell Targ and he talks about the remote viewing program, the Stargate of like, it was like a crazy amount of synchronicities that happened for like it to take place and to actually get funding and, you know, all this stuff. So I do think there's an aspect of that, of like, there's something that maybe like, I don't know, behind the scenes being like, yeah, let's kind of link them up. So they think that it's kind of a crazy event, but we're a little bit behind the string, pulling the strings a little bit to uh, get this done. I, I agree. But so if you take keel, you take a fork, right? We're cattle. We're a farm. We're sheep. Hybrids. 
every race here is doing something with us. They're either fixing their, uh, I guess you would say, their development because they have no ability to recreate or they're creating things here. These are all things that serious researchers and yet serious researchers talk about. So what do we do with those things when they're that dark? When you have paperwork that John Keel, who dedicated his freaking life to, says, do not release this. It's too dark. What do you say about things like that? Apparently nothing. Well, thank you, Astro. Well, they got a lot of they got a lot of things. They got a lot of things that's out there that's really dark stuff. And uh, some people like uh, Gary Nolan's talking about uh, the reason why they're not uh, telling y'all the, the you know some of the stuff or showing y'all is because it's very dark, very bad stuff. You know, so. I agree, Open Eye. I agree. So, the secrets. The secret keeper's keeping those secrets. Now, is that because it's so dark, or is it because of money, things like that? I think it's because of both. But if our United States government is willing to kill people, which we know they are, and we need to reassess how uh, murders are happening, because again, guys, electromagnetic low-frequency waves is used as a weapon. It's called disease transmission what that does is it, it ruptures your dna and rna and it allows for uptakes of different diseases one of the common ones is cancer it's an it's an onset cancer that kills you quickly how many researchers right now just one disease because this allows you to do multiple things this is something that's been in mk ultra for a minute and here's the wild part there's names and there's a patent of a device that actually can do these things so those elf frequencies that are used to do these well guess what not just disease transmission, brainwashing. Uh, you can take these things, put them together, you can get an ultimate device, right? Or Manchurian-type cannon, I hate to use that word, but we need to start reassessing exactly what our government's keeping secret because a lot of this stuff, if, if, if you don't think our government won't reverse engineer an AHI, anomalous health injury, like, oh, dude got near craft and it did this. You're wrong. I've been told that we've had the ability to put, and I think it was a, uh, What's his name? Ryan Skinner posted a, some, about Skinwalker Ranch. And we've had the ability to put thoughts in people's heads for a minute. And I'll tell you that by using ELF, these low frequencies, they have ranges and they're documented ranges. And I'm just going to give you a guess on ranges because I can't remember. But let's say that five hertz, six hertz, and nine hertz, right? Five hertz allows for that feeling of terror. Now, remember what happens at Skinwalker Ranch when all these orbs come about, right? That's not something we can't do. Seven hertz allows for a comfortable feeling, but then you get elation at the higher one, right? So you can simply turn these things on to greet these low-frequency waves. And people talk about, I think, like if you uh, – what is it? In your home, sometimes if you're near um, electromagnet, you've got a source somewhere. Sometimes you can feel these things. People are hypersensitive, so it makes you feel anxiety, terror. We can do that. We can transmit diseases, which would be the easy way. And I imagine if you uh, you knew where to put the device to keep peppering that individual with those low-frequency waves, what it does is this. It peppers the body, and it destroys the DNA and RNA, allows for better uptake. But one of the common things that ends up happening time after time, this shows up in like multiple places, but they leak a viscous fluid after their death because of all of that shit. And this is stuff that's literally 
in public records released from the CIA, all these type of things. Is that not? I'm telling you now, they're probably in these rooms <laughs> gaming us right now. Shit. Well, here, dude, here's my question always when it comes to crash retrievals and the technology that we've been able to back engineer is how close are these uh, civilizations to us in development uh, to where we could actually figure them out? Because uh, it would it would seem that they would have to be in close enough to us technologically for us to even know what we were doing, if how it would work for it to be useful to us. So are we talking like a hundred years that that we could be that close to being able to travel or interact like these beings and that the fact that we've gotten that technology uh, has been able to uh, accelerate our development in, in being able because one thing, too, that I think about is like if crashes were happening and are still happening, it would have to be being able to be still played out like real time like there would be at least one that would go there where social media would see it and all unless we had developed technology enough to be able to like detect them early on or take them down if they were close enough to um in development to us where they wouldn't even know that they were gonna get shot down so that's kind of just my couple thoughts on what you're saying shane and i'd say my points hypothetically we had treaties they explained a little bit to us. So they gave the it Mage. to us and knew that it was Look, close enough that we could do it. Check out, oh, check out the Mage incident as well, because that's 2020. That's some wild shit, right? Go, go watch, go research, uh, look up the Mage incident. I think it was in Brazil. That's some wild shit there. But time after time, here's, here's what I'm going to point to. As a crash retrieval guy, what never made sense to me is this. You could take Kecksburg, Mage, all these different incidents that there were supposed crash retrievals. There's only one way the military is there instantly. Okay, you either know how to track them to take them down or you just know every time where they're going to crash, which is not the case. We know that that doesn't make any sense. So we've known for a minute. How have we known? I just postulate. Well, we've had these supposed treaties. And if you go look at some of those treaties, they actually talk about that, that they help you with some unknown and blah, 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 blah. Here's the crazy part, though. Rendlesham Forest crash treaty. What do they talk about there with uh, you got Burroughs? We, uh, Toby and I wrote an article at the record about it, right? His medical records are classified. Well, something to do with DNA. Well, you could take the Hill 166, Hill 166 incident in Russia. One of the things they talk about, DNA. And it's a common thing. Now, what is it with whatever we're taking down, crash retrieval wise, that has to do with the DNA? Is it affecting us in some way? Is it targeting a specific type of DNA and a knocky cough, or what do you think? I, I, I don't know. That was just a, an accidental cough. Lynn, go ahead. Since Astro didn't, I, I got him, all, he's all caught up. <laughs> Thank you. I old vet Shane and Astro, I love your spaces. I think Mass was first. I can hang out for a second if he wants to go ahead. Go ahead, Mass. Yeah, just uh, just a question, um, or I guess everybody, but Ash, like based on what Ashley was just talking about, I don't know if he's there or not. Um, he was touching on like uh, the the point, like how close are we like to to these being whatever they are, technologically to where we could figure their tech out. Um, I'm wondering if 
it's possible for whatever is interacting with us to be on such a different wavelength than us altogether. Like, like we have our science, they have theirs. Like we know what physics are to a, a certain degree and they might have a, a completely different form of physics. So like, I wonder if like, you know, uh, if, if it's so far out of like human mindset that we just can't figure it out and they're just like messing with us like here's this because like you know the, the reports of um abandoned craft like it seems like they're like just leaving these things here for us to fuck with sometimes so i'm wondering like are they close to us like to where we could figure out their technology or are they on such a different wavelength than us altogether to where they're just kind of like seeing like what we can do with it um just a thought that i that i always have with it so yeah, dude, and I think it might be even different levels of why a lot of people, when they have experiences with the beings, it's in an altered state of consciousness. So there might be like different methods that they're trying to use to be like, well, we dropped the ship, bro. They didn't, <laughs> it hasn't done much, you know, like maybe we should try this other thing. But I do think there's even a spectrum, like not even one, but there could be like, there could be like beings millions of years ahead of us, you know, which is crazy Absolutely. And, the, and then, uh, you know, it's just what drives me crazy about some of these arguments that people have like, oh, well, you know, these things travel, you know, so and so amount of light years. It just is not possible. Like it just, they might be sitting next to us right now, just like on a different, you know, um, what the hell do they call it? The dimensional frame or whatever the fuck. So like who fucking knows what's really going on out there? Exactly. Well, here's the other thing, though, too. You, you made a good comment. You don't need to go faster than the speed of light because, again, you can grow and exactly. strike a ruler. And I do believe the United States government has that capability in some way. They can travel. Uh, let's say they can cancel the inertia, right? So, yeah, I think we're just – it's not that there's physics we, we don't know. Well, no, I have to say that wrong. We just are missing some of the physics. You know, we're, we're on the right path, but it's funny that humans think, yeah, we got it all figured out, and it's this right here. Wow, while shit's just popping off left and right. So good point. Go ahead, Lynn, and have to take over for a second. Thanks. Yes, Mass, absolutely. Um, Astral and Old Vet, love your spaces again. Thank you for the space. I always, I just adore your spaces. Love chilling with you guys. You guys are awesome. Um, okay, so I did actually try to bring this up last night in a space and I got my voice got way too shaky and I get really nervous, but I want to bring it up one more time. And this is that um, if you, you might have heard of Donald Hoffman, he's a cognitive psychologist, his work, he's been he's been working on this field, particularly for many, many years, he has many peer reviewed research papers, you can easily find him his, a famous book of his was the case against reality. Okay, so his work has gained so much more traction and attention recently, because his theory of conscious realism is, is, is gaining so much traction and it gives us a different framework with which to see reality. So what he suggests is that our perception of reality, it's not an accurate representation of the external world. It's just, it's much more like simplified and, and, and we've evolved. It's like an evolved simulation that helps us survive and navigate our environment more effectively. So then he, he goes on to argue that our senses evolved not to show us the truth, but to hide it. And that's, and that is because the ultimate goal for us is to maximize fitness and not necessarily truth. So this is like definitely a challenge to, to the traditional view, right? Um, it's like he proposes that our perceptions are shaped by natural selection and, and what they do is they prioritize our survival and our reproductive success. And that is prioritized over an accurate depiction of the world. Um, you, you can even look at it just in terms of like, um, our color perception, our perception of colors is not a direct representation of the true nature of colors. 
Our brain constructs a simplified and useful representation of colors that help us differentiate objects. Um, it also helps us identify potential threats and also resources like strawberries, for example, you know? Um, Can I ask real quick, does, there, does he touch on, yeah. on the possible like evolution of human um, like senses, for example, yes. where we could possibly like gaining yes. senses as we go? Yes. So I think what you were saying, Mass, and what Shane and Astro are also pointing to as well, which is so highly pertinent, it's going to become more pertinent, I think. I'm, I'm just watching it because I think it's just so fascinating and it really clicks for me. And also because I don't, I don't, I believe that we are not in base reality. Um, I think I mentioned that the other night, Mass, when we were in the space, but um, yes, he does touch on that. Um, his work is so relevant to the time. It does bring into this idea that um, we've heard things like, what if they've been here all the time? What if they're simply just out of our visual, all of our senses? Because, because Hoffman and et al., and his, and his um, colleagues that have done multiple peer-reviewed research, research that is gaining more traction and a lot of attention and a lot of respect. It does prove that we don't, we don't, we're not able to sense and we don't experience um, what's really true. So if you think about that, then you think about potentially a different intelligence alongside us that might've evolved alongside us, but that can manipulate those, um, perhaps where they evolved more or maybe they had some you know some uh, something to do with our own evolution that also kind of for me aligns a little bit with like what tom delong has said in his books as well as his ability not to be able to sleep a lot of people say i can't sleep after i know the truth and that might be because you feel like there there might be intelligence in your room with you at the time because you wouldn't be able to sense them they're they're outside of your spectrum they're outside of your perception um, and, and, and again, if this is the case, um, Hoffman also goes on to explain how we are, we, we are virtually kind of wearing um, a virtual reality headset. And we're just now in history beginning to, we've been studying the headset, right? We've been studying everything about the headset, what it does, blah, blah, blah. And only just recently have we begun to think about and study what's outside the headset, what happens when we take it off. Anyways, I'm rambling. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, that was super interesting, and I think that's so close to like what's actually going on. Like you brought up the color spectrum, and uh, there's just a, there's all like we we operate on a base level that keeps us alive and breathing, like bare minimum. And what if there's beings out there that are able to see all the different frequencies out there when you when you talk about color, um, all different types of that shit without going in depth. But I think that's uh, I think that's very spot. I'm gonna look into this guy. Not that I need another rabbit hole, but <laughs> that was super interesting. He also talks about um, even just the subatomic particles. Our understanding of them by even in quantum mechanics is limited because of our, just simply because of our perceptual constraints. So our senses aren't even equipped to perceive the true nature of these particles. And um, currently our scientific models are just abstractions. They just help us make predictions. They're not a true reflection of reality. But anyways, yes, I highly recommend just looking into him. He's if you look him up, he's got so much peer-reviewed research that, that's the meaty stuff. Case Against Reality is his, is a book that's, oh my gosh, I couldn't recommend it more. Did you say his name? He's got Donald great Hoffman. Donald Hoffman, yes. Oh, okay. Thanks, thanks again, guys, for letting me ramble. No, thanks for jumping up. Fernando, what's up, man? I saw Jar Darcy jumped up, too. What's up, Fernando? Oh, Darcy can go first. I'm doing something. I'll go after him. Cool. What's up, man? 
Hey, Fernando, thanks. Uh, I'm at an airport, guys, so if I come through kind of whack, just let me know. Um, yeah, I really like the case uh, against reality. That's a really interesting point that Lynn made because, you know, you think about uh, experiencers or abductees that have seen these otherworldly beings, right? And um, everything she just talked about, it, you see it in mainstream reality. It's just like emerging to her head, right? Women have to have massive tips and stick bubbly atoms and have to inject each other with. And dudes have to be at least six foot tall, you know, have to be a supreme athlete. Um, but they end up just like beating each other when they're done having sex in, in like the bedroom, you know what I mean? Because they can't stand each other's like egos or personalities. Um, I don't know, I'm just kind of that that is, so, please don't take is that I'm saying too seriously. But, uh, but it's interesting to see how society really is. And then you hear about okay, so the we try not to check our bags. So if you don't mind helping us out, just give it like organize your carry on, then you put it out there. So hopefully everybody's organs, gonna have it and it don't have to like, put any don't have ears, the don't have, have like a slit for a mouth and so all those little their cranial capacity is massive compared to ours. Therefore they might have larger brains that are Better equipped to and interpret uh, the greater reality that's around us, right? They may have. We can't hear you over the channel announcement. Yeah, I think Darcy got a channel now that's drowning you out, brother. Oh, sorry, guys. Thanks for letting me know. I'll just jump off and listen then. I have no idea. Like I said, I'm in an airport. No, it's okay. No, we're glad you're here. Come back. Especially if they stop, if they stop announcing shit. You're welcome to come back. I, we got halfway through, and, and all of a sudden that announcement was like, "Wait, which part's him?" We didn't know cool. if that was you going pan or what. Uh, yeah, man, totally. That's the next stop. Oh damn! Nice. We're at, if you don't mind saying, it, what general area? All right, there you go. Hey, man. I don't, I don't want to be. Uh, I don't want my trolls to follow me. Yeah, yeah, I don't blame you then. I used to be stationed over in Tokyo, so that's why I was asking. Uh, okay, so uh, what I wanted to share was something that I heard mentioned uh, by quite a few people, including uh, Jeremy Corbell, uh, that apparently there is, uh, they do have, like, government, because they have been studying this for quite some time, so they do have some understanding of uh, some aspects of, of how the technology works. But um, the issue is um, the the machines, like the craft, appear to be manufactured in a environment that lacks gravity. So we would have to go, the only way we could kind of replicate that if, if, if we could make it, um, this uh, material the craft is made out of is a very highly advanced metal material, and it has to be layered in, in a environment without any gravity. So we would have to go out in, into space 
and do this out there. Um, I think the the NHIs they're able to do this uh, regardless of, of where they are. They don't need to fabricate them out in space. They probably are able to do it anywhere. Um, and, and that's the main reason why we cannot uh, be at that level of advancement. Uh, it's, it's, it, think of it as the closest thing, it's probably 3D printing, but imagine a, a 3D printer that is capable of uh, selecting, you know, the molecules uh, with their specific uh, ratio, like like specific isotopes, and then le ledgering them like a like a cake. So we cannot we we don't have technology that is capable of manipulating matter at that level of uh, where it's very specific and precise like that, and and that's part of the impediment. That's why we 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 cannot, and they know this. The NHIs they know this, you know. We also don't have the best lines working. I don't this. agree too. So essentially, it's this: Amer uh, humans create at the atomic level, and what they are creating at is the. You just said it yourself. Was not iso. Isotopes. Yep. No, no. So, so they're molecular. They're like, like atoms are smaller than molecules, so these molecules are they're isotopes. So like the whole thing with uh, like the the samples that uh, were presented to Gary Nolan that came through Jack Ballet and other people. If you listen to Dr. Nolan's commentary on the composition of these materials, uh, he mentions that uh, there is a, a high presence of magnesium in, in this specific type of magnesium. So that sample came, the one sample that came from Ubatuba, for instance, uh, which was a place in, in Brazil. Um, oh, by the way, uh, shade is magic. It's not match. If you say match, nobody's going to be able to look it up. But it is. Yeah, it dude, is I'm, a, I'm a gringo, bro. <laughs> it's magic. Okay, just wanted to clarify that. So, yeah, the, for, for example, there, there, there is this material that was given to Jack Ballet uh, that the source of it was this uh, sphere that was witnessed by uh, uh, people in the coastline. Uh, a fisherman picked up these pieces of this sphere that just exploded in front of them, and they picked up the pieces. Some of them are in Argentina. There, there is a museum in Argentina that has some of them. And eventually, they made their way through Jack Ballet, and he, you know, you saw it in the film, the phenomenon, right? He guards these little samples, like, because like, uh, they're so precious to him. Uh, because they have a tendency of disappearing, right? This stuff uh, vanishes. Uh, people take it, steal it. So um, that one sample, when they tested it, it had uh, a type of magnesium that it's only found on Earth uh, through manufacture. And the issue with it is that that sample is from the 1950s. So for us to make that much uh, magnesium in, in, in that specific type, it would be, um, it would cause a lot of money, you know, and let alone back in the 1950s. So, like, the volume of those isotopes in this material is, is, no one touched on high. that, too. Yeah. So, it's, it's, uh, essentially the way that I understand it is the, the the you know the craft is seamless right it has no knots no bolts no no it's all one piece 
and the craft itself is his own conductors and cables and 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 and, and everything is done at the molecular level and that's why it's effective that way that's why it works that way um and and if you look uh if you listen to the what people are reporting seeing right and what you may have witnessed yourself uh, there is a whole array like like a spectrum of what people report seeing right so you have like structured craft that behave a certain way and you also have luminous bodies that behave a certain way part of the issue is that people tend to separate things and they think oh well this luminous thing is not the same as a structured craft without realizing that they're both the same because you can have a structured craft that can engulf it itself in plasma it therefore creates own light you know these things don't have light bulbs they don't have that they're very uh, uh, foreign to our understanding because of the way that we build technology and the way this technology is made is is, is is a different point of view you know it's it's um probably the closest thing we have to a ufo is, is uh, smartphones to be honest uh because if you take a smartphone if you turn it off it's, it's very sleek and it's a very simple geometric shape right it's like a a, a rectangle and uh, look at all the things you can do with a smartphone and smartphones uh in order, the, 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 the way they work, they use uh, electromagnetic frequencies. A lot of, of, of the information is being relayed uh, through uh, microwaves, uh, things like that. That's why um, uh, I was reading about the, the whole Habana syndrome thing. And whoever is doing this, they actually manipulate your own devices and make them work against you. And that's how they they do this uh attack things so like whatever yep. is using low house, frequency waves yeah no whatever shit. is in your house like your micro your microwave will become a source of the being your your phone will become a source of the being your television whatever they can tap into and 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 it has access to uh, electromagnetic frequencies and people don't realize how much of it like a, a modem in your house is 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 using electromagnetic frequencies in order to relay that information into all the devices in the house. Uh, uh, the anything that is wireless, anything like like the even the the controller that you use for to control your television or whatever other device or anything that has Bluetooth, you know. So we already have a lot of technology. The whoever is using this weapon, this. Uh, directed energy weapon uh, that is resulting in these cases of Havana syndrome. Essentially what they're doing is they're abusing the technology that's already in your house and they're using it against you without you realizing it, which is terrifying, you know, because we, we could, you could be just be sitting at home without realizing you're a sitting dog to somebody harming you that way, you know. Uh, so, yeah, I just wanted to share that. Also up in the nest and uh, in the thread, I put uh, it's a paper from 19 called Project 1947, and it's uh, analysis of crash removal fragments from different cases. So you can check that shit out. Uh, who was it? Uh, open eye or Lynn? Open. What? Yeah. Um, well, we we got we this year we already done seen some crazy stuff on uh, some videos. Some people been taking some uh camera footage where 
you could see these invisible planets starting to be visible. Um, I don't know if y'all seen it yet, but uh, there's a lot more to come this year and all the way up to 2027. Uh, and y'all going to be astounded. Some of y'all might be afraid, but I I'm past afraid now, you know, because all this crap I'm, I'm dealing with. And uh, when she was talking about Huffman, uh, uh, you know, about all this different reality stuff and simulation and stuff, I'm way past uh, Mr. Huffman, okay, because I could see these things. He can't. He's talking about it. He's trying to figure it out, but I, I've done figured it all out because I could see stuff like this. You know, uh, they're, these invisible beings, they're everywhere. They're in the trees. I mean, they're in the trunk of trees, like big giant trees. They're at the top of the trees. I mean, they're in the clouds. They're in the ground. They're in the grass. They're everywhere. So um, I just want to let y'all know what, what happened. You know, what's going to happen when all at once some of y'all eyes are opened up and y'all could see these things, you know. Uh, I don't know what y'all going to do. It may, it might just scare the shit out of all y'all, <laughs> you know, but we just got to see. Better wear your brown pants, people. That's what Open Eye is telling you. Go ahead, Lynn. Yeah, Open Eyes. I love, I love that you, um, that you brought that up because it, it sounds like either by experience or perhaps even by genetics or by birth or circumstance that that perhaps you're more tuned in to the field with which we've evolved not to see. Perhaps you have um, uh, something about you, again, whether it's biologic or experience related. And, and, and by the way, experiences certainly do change our brain um, in any regard, but especially the paranormal. So I think what you're saying is you've, you're already aware of this and, and the people that are researching it and bringing it to light may not have firsthand experience. And that's extremely valid. But I but I also do. I, I really do love what you said about um, the no fear aspect, because I, I think that's I think that's critical as well. Um, it can it can be scary in the beginning, but I think people that have kind of experienced the the unexplained, whatever it is, however you've explained it, have been through the fear and have come out the other side <laughs> so to some degree, for sure. Um, it, it, being afraid of what you don't know or what you don't understand, that's just human nature. 100%. This is more like, this is more like when back in the, uh, what was it, back in the 60s, uh, uh, we went from... Uh, black, uh, uh, gray, and white television to um, color TV, right. you know? So, like, there, or when we went from um, uh, analog television to digital and then everything was in HD and now you have 4K, you know, like, same with the, the, the telescopes that are out in space, right? right? We had uh, Hubble. Before that, we had other telescopes. Now we have James Webb and everybody's getting... Um, mind blown by the, the crispy uh, detail that these photographs and, and, and what people don't understand is that it's not it's not new in the sense that that stuff has been there it's just our perception of it is what changed you know so mm -hmm. um, I, I think people are going to be afraid but that is just a natural reaction and after they get over that, it's just going to be a, 
accepted. Um, what I really want from all this to come out is some kind of progress that is going to help our species uh, evolve, uh, maybe not biologically, but, you know, uh, technologically in, in, in so that we can be uh, healthier overall you know we, we can uh, clean up our mess here well look at the bipartisan uh, nature of uh, the politics yeah. going on it's the one thing in this especially yeah. in the United States that are actually bringing people together yeah. I think once it gets to a certain point that could reach a worldwide state and I think that's exactly where we need to go because we are um, in the dire straits of a lot of fucked up shit happening yeah. on this planet and with our species and all kinds of stuff that we need to, we need unification of something. I think this is, this might be the only thing to do it. Yeah. Either this or war. I couldn't agree more. I just had a quick question for old vet um, because it's in the title of um, the space and old vet, please let me know if um, Shane, if you, if you don't want to discuss it, I just had a quick question then I'll drop down. Um, you, you've, you've been mentioning home-based program. Um, I sometimes when I look at your Twitter, um, I just feel like you've you're really you're just like a, a really incredibly strong person. You're working on shit and you're calling people out when it needs to happen. And if you wouldn't mind or if this is too personal, that's OK. But if you wouldn't mind explaining a little bit about home base, I'd love to hear. Thank you. Uh, it's not too personal. Actually, one thing I probably do is TMI on Twitter because uh, I literally put it all out there. So. Uh, Wounded Warrior Project has a, a a thing they have. It's called the Home Base Network, and so they have a series of hospitals such as UCLA. You got Harvard. You got all these other ones, right? And they specialize one PTSD, traumatic brain injuries, and things like that. What was the thumbs down for? I'm so Isn't sorry. It's, too, it's home too, no, 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 man. It's too close. It's you. too close I to the thumbs up. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm just messing with you. So what they do is they'll uh, pick up the tab. They fly you like. Last time I went, which will probably be this time, to Boston. Uh, so they'll put me up in a nice hotel, and it's intensive outpatient. But every day, it's like 12 hours. You're sometimes on your own sometimes with doctors, sometimes group sessions, and you're all working uh, CBT, you know, different programs, just trying to get your shit straight. And it's a uh, – look. Is this PTSD as much as I wish I could, related? Or... Yeah, for yeah, me. Okay. Yeah, mine's PTSD. And as much as I, I really wish I could talk my experience out and complete I, – I, the last time I got the closest, and I promise you this, if I get the same doctor when I go back, I'm going to tell her everything, man. She was so cool with what I told her. I'm like, I'm just going to tell her everything. But I've always held back because I've, we're still in a place, which is why Astro's doing UAP med, and, but you got to compartmentalize some of that mental health stuff because not all doctors are going to be taking it seriously. So, yeah, it's a, it's, for me, it's almost like a, a brain vacation. My, like I was talking about earlier, my experience is still going on. It's so crazy. I question my reality and I know my friends worry about me a lot of the times because I talk about shit that I, this legit, I know. And it, I don't know what else, not really a lot of places to go. So thank you for asking about that. It's, it's a great thing. Home base, wind warrior project. So thank you for asking about that, Lynn. It's interesting when you talk about, uh, you know, telling your friends some of that stuff, because I'm, I'm not an experiencer. Um, well, I mean, I've had uh, ghostly encounters, because you will, spirits, whatever, that side, but I, I haven't had uh, experiences in, like, with UFOs, for example. But, like, even when you just talk, like, when I talk to my friends about UFOs and what's going on right now, like, you know, they, they I don't want to say they're pretending to be interested. They're interested, but it's just, like, in one ear, out the other. Like, so, like, if I could only imagine having to um, talk to them about, like, you know, 
some some of the more uh, advanced stuff that that people deal with on a daily basis it's got to be uh it's got to be a little bit rough it, it can be but then i look it's also the opposite for me too because i'm around people that i do nothing but talk about it with i probably talk about it too much and i probably talk about things that i shouldn't and like i'm probably the only dude that's got shit on his dating profile related to this that probably shouldn't be on there and then i'll have a conversation with a new date and scare the fuck off like that <laughs> um you're not the only one um i do have alien shit on yeah, mine, i don't hold sure, back but, um, dude worth yeah. it worth it it it's, uh, helps it helps vet yeah, um a little bit of some of the people away that i don't want to fucking talk to anyways yeah that's what i'm talking about having all that alien shit on there helps me weed out the weirdos right the ones that don't believe fucking normies but yeah it's just, actually the other night i I was trying to tell a joke. See, I, was French still in here? She's the one that told me the joke was shitty because she was right. So I was trying to tell a joke because if you ha- – Splenda apparently or these sweeteners rupture your RNA, DNA. Remember what I said about ELF earlier? So I made a joke about how Splenda was the new ELF and it was for mind control with a little mind control gif. And I don't think it was near as funny as I thought, especially as, as niche as it, you had to be to understand what the hell like I was saying. Here I am making mind control jokes from Ultra. People are like, what the fuck's wrong with this guy? No, meanwhile, there are people like us that see it and we're like, yeah, man, we know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, like I said, it helps vet uh, some of the people away that I don't, I don't want to deal with anyways, for the most part. That's, that, that's kind of like a blanket statement. That's not necessarily totally true, but a little bit. Yes. I, no, I agree. No, I know what you're saying, though, too. But hey, guys, I hate to say this, but I've been uh, postponing the inevitable. I should probably today for sure go home. So I need to make sure I go in and get my shit together and go catch the train. I've been literally putting stuff off and just staying in Portland. And I don't even live here. So I'm going to have to end this base. Do me a favor. Retweet. Follow all the speakers. Carl, what do you got to say, bro? Just a quick one. Donald Hoffman and Lex Friedman did a three-hour chat on YouTube about a year ago. If anyone had checked that out. Yeah. Oh, damn. Thanks, Carl. Thank you. Nice, Carl. Put it in this thread too, if you can tweet or put it in here. And guys, do me a favor. Like I said, follow all the speakers. Everybody in these rooms, right? Just and keep it positive. Not like me today, because and don't pay any attention to anything I put out today. That wasn't me. <laughs> Astros in there, like Shane's trying to kill everybody. <laughs> no, that's not what we. Yeah, happening. I thought you were going to talk about Julia. Uh, I was earlier today. That's all I didn't talk about aliens. I don't need none of that violent shit. All right, guys, thanks for coming in here. And I should be doing have more a when I get safe home. journey back home, Shane. Have a safe and fun journey. Thanks, Fernando. Don't forget to look out the windows. I won't. It's going to be a nice <laughs> five hour train ride. So, all right, guys, take it easy. Bye. All right, ciao. <laughs>